0: Hello, and welcome to Talking Trust with BBB. I'm Laura Blankenship. And I'm Ashley Gibbard, and we are the marketing team from Better Business Bureau serving Eastern Michigan and the Upper Peninsula. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought more people online as more people are working from home, not to mention the online activity the holidays bring. With that, online activity brings an increased risk of cyber attacks. On this episode of Talking Trust with BBB, we'll discuss the dangers lurking in the corners of our everyday digital lives.
1: Scammers aren't just targeting your computer, they can get to you right through the small screen in your hand, your smartphone. People tend to be less wary in social media channels and scammers are taking advantage of that fact. BBB scam tracker data shows that of consumers who said they were exposed to a scam on social media, Over 90% engaged with the scammer, and over 50% of them lost money.
0: Aside from the loss of money, there are many other risks to not taking the proper measures in protecting yourself online. Here to talk to us about those risks is Special Agent Ryan Ormond from the Detroit FBI Field Office. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you for joining us here today. Yeah, certainly. So to start off, um, we know there are a lot of scary things you guys see every day, Um, if you could tell us what are some popular cyber scams your office sees and also explain to us kind of the goals behind those scams that you see.
2: Okay, Um, some of the more popular threats that we see uh, cyber scams are employment scams, identity theft, credit card theft, ransomware. Uh, personal data breaches, extortion, harassments, threats of violence, uh, charity and romance scams, tech support scams, and business email compromise. Those are kind of the the biggest ones that we see. Um, And the goal behind most of these is, well, the actors are behind them are after something, whether it's a financial goal, or whether that's to satisfy some other goal, uh, you know, if if someone is upset with a particular company, we may see someone do what is called a DDoS attack against that company, uh, or call for many people to uh, to hit up this website in order to disrupt service. To that website, uh, in with the end goal of causing a disruption to that to that business, uh, and you know sometimes we also see uh, fake bomb threats being called in, uh, which also is another thing that causes a disruption to uh, an organization, to the police force, uh, any number of goals are you know that the actors have.
1: Wow. So, typically, do the victims know um, these people that are targeting them?
2: Most often, no. Most often, these are actors that are not located in the United States. Uh, We do have still a a sizable number of um, actors within the United States, but the vast majority of these schemes that are carried out are carried out by foreign actors.
1: Okay. I see. And um, in that instance, when, you know, they're carried out by um, actors that are out of the United States, how difficult is it to actually locate that person and then um, get people's money back if they've lost money?
2: Uh, It can be quite difficult. Uh, It's going to completely depend upon the the techniques uh, that the actors utilized in order to, uh, to commit the fraud, um, whether they were utilizing a, a service to hide their true IP address uh, and um, a myriad of other techniques that they could be utilizing. Um, and it also depends on the timeliness in, in which someone is able to respond and report and react to it sometimes. If we can react to something in a more expedient fashion, we're able to do more with it. Uh, but oftentimes, we don't hear about the the fraud until you know two weeks, a month later, and then the the money is pretty much gone by that point in time.
0: Right. Wow. Um. Has COVID affected these scams at all? Have you seen an increase because of increase of online activity?
2: Yeah, I I would say we definitely have seen an uptick in activity because of COVID. Uh, the, the actors who are interested in our money and our information, they haven't gone away and they've just found a different way to go about doing things. And we have an unprecedented number of people who are now working from home uh, uh, as opposed to what we saw pre-COVID. And people are, are on systems that they're running things from their own home home computers instead of uh, com- company computers that may not have as many protections on their systems. And they're just posting information and looking up information and visiting websites interested in information related to COVID, and the adversaries are going to be have been out there creating, Uh, sites for people to go to to click on or they've been compromising news websites uh, or other normal websites that people normally visit with that have a security vulnerability uh, which then in turn can lead towards a a loss of information.
1: And so not to mention COVID, but also it's the holidays. Why is this a popular time of year for cyber scams?
2: So this is a very, very popular time of year for cyber scams because uh, we are all, um, we're all shopping online now, right? We're expecting packages to arrive. And sometimes we purchase multiple packages um, all at, one time and but they're not all going to arrive on the same date because they've we purchased from various vendors and so we're constantly being inundated with email updates uh, text updates on these packages and so if uh if we receive an email that says your package was undeliverable because of this 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 so please click here to enter your information and find out why uh, why your package was undeliverable or you know they're just going to craft a, uh, an email that's going to blend right in with all of the other traffic that we should we expect to see and then it, we don't realize until it's too late after we've already entered in information that we shouldn't have that, uh, that we're, we fell victim to a scam and we gave up our personal information. And so, you know, that's this time of year, the Thanksgiving, Christmas, holidays, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot, a big increase in that, those numbers.
1: Right. And so, um, a lot of those attacks are done via social media nowadays, and people don't even realize when they're clicking on links that um, they are potentially downloading malware to their computers. Um, so can you explain to us what steganography is and where you see those types of scams?
2: Yeah, so steganography is the art of hiding something <laughs> within um, plain sight, so ha- hiding Uh, a text file or hiding another file within uh, a an image or something and so when somebody clicks on an image they are expecting to just see that image enlarge and what they don't realize that it in doing so at the same time they may have kicked off a piece of malware that was embedded within that image Um, and that that Malware may have one of a variety of tasks to do. It may, it, that's what we would call a stage one malware, which would then uh, reach out to a server which would be hosting up a a stage two malware which would then be downloaded to your system and open up a back door so that the adversaries could then leverage your your system whether it's joining it to a botnet or whether it's to steal information off of off of your computer but uh steganography is is stuff is definitely something that uh that we see out there regularly.
0: So going off of that, are there things people should avoid sharing online and posting on social media? Uh,
2: Certainly. Uh, And it's going to be up to everyone's comfort level, what they're going to share. But there are some specific things that people should avoid sharing. And the reason for that is because once you post information online, it can spread quickly and to a lot of people. It can reach people that you don't want it to and it, it can be permanent. So the types of information you should avoid, uh, sharing are passwords, a home address, home cell phone numbers, location, your location and email address. Uh, you know, there, there are examples in the news of people who've posted details, uh, like a 14-year-old English girl posted details about her birthday party online, only to have it crashed by 800 people, and her in, uninvited guests did more than $48,000 of damage to her parents' home, uh, and then another 17-year-old teen was playing a game on Facebook, which asked users to fill out loan applications for extra points. And the teen was later contacted by a car dealership that wanted to discuss his application, right? So the information that you're putting out there that can, that seems innocent enough can come back to, to hurt you, to harm you. Um, you know, other things that you should avoid posting are pictures that uh, that reveal too much information. So you can you can share one picture that has you know identifies your home address because your house is in the background, and, and I don't know. You can there's just so many different things that you could see in the background of an image that could give up a lot of information about you that you don't necessarily want to um you should also um it's best to post pictures of your vacations when you return as opposed to letting everybody know hey we're currently not at our house we're uh, we're on the the beaches of fiji um you should not um should not be checking in everywhere that you go because in doing so you could be creating a your cyber hygiene is is going to be creating a little map a little routine if you will and if someone was regularly following you and you're regularly checking in at locations, then they could get an idea of where you would be at any given time. And then they could uh, take advantage of that. Uh, so those are just a few things that I would highly recommend avoiding.
1: Right. Um, hey, well, thank you for that. I think that's the first time that I've heard um, that extra points were offered if you fill out a loan application. Um, So interesting these tactics that uh, these criminals are taking. Um, And I think it's really important what you were just mentioning, mentioning about um, what not to post because a lot of the time we think the worst thing that might happen is that our package won't arrive, or, you know, even possible identity theft, but it, it could take place, but it can actually happen that people are putting their safety at risk
2: completely agree. People can, uh, they don't realize they can be putting themselves and making themselves vulnerable to extortion, uh, even possibly human trafficking, right? Uh, the, The actors behind it, you don't know what their intentions are. So if you're communicating online, one thing I would highly recommend doing is looking at your friends list and cleaning them up and making sure you're only communicating with people who you know, especially if this comes when we're talking with teenagers, because teenagers are in a very vulnerable state where they, they're they going through a, a period in their life where they're learning out who they are, and they they want to balk at restrictions that are imposed upon them by parents, um, and, and they're just going to test the limit. And they'll post anything and everything, uh, not realizing the consequences that those could have, uh, whether it's a consequence for a pu- future job employment, whether it's putting themselves at, at risk of falling in love with somebody who's a complete stranger on, on the internet, who could be a 40-year-old male, for all they, for all we know, right? Uh, but that's purporting to be a 15-year-old male, um, you know, and and that can go to a point where they will eventually decide to meet up with this individual in real life, and then they're putting their life in their hands you don't know if it's a serial killer, if it's a rapist, you don't know if, uh, you don't know if it is the, the 15-year-old uh, boy, but, you know, why take the risk? Uh, we, it's, you can definitely put way too much information out there that will come back and, and harm you.
1: Wow, uh, thank you for that. I think there was a lot of information just uh, right there, you know, with how, We don't know who we're talking with on the other end of the screen. So what are some tips that you have um, for if you have um, entered a conversation with someone? Because I know when speaking with you um, prior to this, you had said, you know, there are safe ways for dating online. Um, What what kind of suggestions would you have for those that are um, doing online dating?
2: I would recommend first and foremost being on reputable websites um they're going to do a go through a process of vetting and uh, that you can be comfortable with uh but even then even when you've gone through vetting uh a vetting process you still have to pay attention to your own internal um you know, threat sensors that you'll have, if, if you will. Um, if some, if those alarms start going off, then back away. It doesn't matter how good it may seem. There's, if something just doesn't seem right, then it probably isn't. And you need to uh, to stay away from that. But be cautious of discussions with people who uh, who are constantly flattering you or who are, con- who are sending you gifts, who are just dis- readily jumping to adult subjects uh, or ask you to keep your conversation secret from, from others or start to turn you against your family or friends. Uh, you know, none of those are really healthy things you would see in a healthy relationship. Someone who is asking you to uh, turn against your family or friends, that it's usually not a, a good sign. Um, also be cautious of people who ask you to share uh, revealing images about you because y- you don't know who those images are going to reach. They, they may say they're not going to share them, but they're not, you know, they, they may go ahead and share those with their friends. Um, or they may then in turn blackmail you and re demand more, or they will reveal those images to your family. Uh, you know, there's, those are some of the key things to, to keep in mind. Uh, but just, it, it, you know, be, utilize your own internal uh, sensors, and again, trust your natural instincts, uh, they're, they're often going to be correct.
1: Thank you for that. I know um, a lot of the times, you know, people may think that scammers are targeting certain demographics, and while they may be, um, these scams, though, can affect anyone. So what advice would you give to consumers to help protect themselves?
2: Um, I would say, don't, don't allow yourself to enter into that thought that, um, that people are targeting only certain demographics because they're not, they're targeting, if you have something somebody wants, you're, you're a target, right? Uh, if you have money, you're a target. If you, um, if you're a girl or a boy, you know, you, you could be a target, (laughs) just plain and simple. Um, whatever, whatever you have of value to somebody. Um, so the things I would say to avoid being a target is first of all, be aware that you probably are being targeted and then be smart about the information that you share. Uh, and remember that once something goes online, it's, online just think of it as it's there forever it's permanently out there because you don't know uh, even if you delete it you don't know if it's been truly deleted from a system it's probably still got um, it's probably still on a server somewhere because there are backup servers and uh, companies are are being compromised all the time and so you don't know if that uh, that service is going to be one of those companies that's compromised and then those backup servers uh, the information on them are hacked and then your information is exposed. Uh, I I personally don't save my credit card information on, on any websites that I purchase through because I don't want to leave my financial security in the hands of of others. Yes, it's a convenience. And that's what many things come back down to is we, we are creatures of convenience. We seek easier ways to do things. And in doing so increased convenience, uh, creates increased risk. We have to be willing to accept more risk for more convenience. And so, uh, is convenience really that important to you, or is your personal safety, your personal security, your personal financial well-being is that more important to you? And uh, it, it just has to be a a mentality. It has to be a lifestyle in order to maintain safe in uh, in you know in your online life.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you mentioned um, companies experiencing cyber attacks. Um, Mm -hmm. How common are those, and how often does it normally result in a scammer stealing a business's money or account information from other people?
2: Um, You know, I can't go into any details, but I can say that uh, I'm busy for a reason. companies are regularly being hit Um, they're being compromised Uh, and it's not like every day their information is being published out to the web but even small companies there's no no distinction between large companies and small companies as to who's under attack every company out there is attack is under attack if you have um if you have infrastructure connected to the internet then you have, there are um, bots that are constantly scanning the internet for systems, uh, devices that have some type of vulnerability that can be exploited and then leveraged to then go throughout the network. Uh, You also have People who are sending out phishing emails and spear phishing emails, uh, just trying to find a way into a company's network. And once they do, then they spend, depending on what their end goal is, they could spend anywhere from a a few days and a week up to years harvesting information from a network, and then, uh, and then stealing that, stealing money, uh, kicking off a business email compromise scheme, Uh, you know, there's, there's any number of threats that are targeting our, our, uh, companies at large. And then the, I guess the, the second part to that question was how successful are we in investigating those? It's, uh, it ranges and it, it depends on what um, it, it depends on the behaviors of, of our adversaries. It depends on whether it's a one time thing or if they do it multiple times. Uh, but most criminals are not going to be satisfied with a, a single compromise. They're more often than not going to continue the, the same scheme with a different company. Uh, we. We work with our local partners, we work with uh, individual companies, we, uh, we network, and we are able to oftentimes bring the perpetrators to, to justice, but, uh, but that's sadly not the case in, in every instance, and it, it just is, it depends on a case-by-case basis.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So do you have any specific tips for businesses to protect themselves from cyber attacks?
2: Um, I would, as far as that's concerned, I would say recommend to businesses to uh, establish a, a relationship with law enforcement before anything ever occurs on your network. That way you're able to, um, you're able to respond more quickly when you do detect something. Uh, I would also recommend that businesses have a very, very good offline backup system in place so that if something were to happen, uh, they, they still are able to go back uh, to their, offline backup, and I I can't stress that enough, offline, you have to have a system that is not connected to any of the rest of your network, and you you need to keep that as up-to-date as you can stand to lose if you had a catastrophic event. Uh, One of those catastrophic events that is very popular nowadays is ransomware, where uh, actors will come in to get to your network They'll take information and then they will encrypt all of your network um, and then they will demand a ransom in order to get your data back so that it's essentially kidnapping of data and in order to recover from that one of the most successful things that a company can do is have those backups in place. and when, when I say the offline backups, one of the first things that adversaries will do is they will go in and they will either encrypt those backups or they will destroy the backups, delete the backups, whether it's in the cloud. Uh, if, if it has any type of connection to the network, then they're going to try to destroy those. Um, so I would highly recommend offline backups. And then I would also uh, recommend that they, they uh, establish a uh, to the extent that they can hunt teams uh, people within their business organization that uh, their goal is to look for uh, what we what's coined in the industry evil hunt for evil uh, which is basically operating under the mindset that your your network has already been compromised, and so you need to look at look around and find it. So those are a few tips I can give to the uh, to the industry. I would recommend that people practice good password discipline. So we've we're often told that we need to make sure we have really complex passwords, where In reality, that's often the weakest thing we can do because in uh, in forcing ourselves to use complex passwords, we oftentimes have to write those passwords down, right? It's not something that we're going to remember. I I recommend instead using uh, longer passwords because longer passwords take a a much, much longer amount of time to brute force. If you have an eight character password, that eight character password, even as complex as you can make it, can be brute force within a reasonable amount of time by any adversary. Um, so use long passwords, per, perhaps pass phrases. Uh, that may be 23 characters, 26 characters in length, but it's a really, really simple thing that you can remember, like the brown fox jumps over the brown log. Um, Don't use that because I just shared that, right? But it's really important to exercise good password discipline. Don't reuse passwords for more than one account. And uh, you can also consider changing your passwords frequently um then i would say also patch and update routinely use antivirus and and, and anti-spyware even though those aren't a catch-all that uh especially if you're a company somebody is going to utilize often they're going to utilize malware which has been crafted specifically for your company and or they'll be utilizing a zero day exploit or something that the antivirus may not necessarily pick up. So that's why it's important to have other things in place. But if you're a company, good employee training, uh, educating people on what, what proper cyber hygiene looks like. Again, back to social media, be careful about what you post on social media, regardless of whether uh, it deals with your employment or it's personal in nature, uh, be, careful about, um, be careful about that. And then one thing I would invite people to do is do an online search of your name and find out how much information is out there in the public domain and are you comfortable with the amount of information you're finding if you do a Google search if you do a Bing search if you uh, make sure you're signed out of those accounts before you do an actual search because otherwise it'll it'll allow access to whatever you have that's linked to those right but do online searches for your name and if something comes up that you're uncomfortable with, then take the steps to remedy it. Most often websites have a privacy link that you can click on and it will tell you how you can uh, remove your information from that website. I guess one last thing I would say if you feel like you have been a victim, uh, you're concerned or you have observed some type of and a fraud you can report it to ic3.gov that's i c as in charlie 3.gov and that's that's a website that the fbi utilizes in order to allow people from the public to file complaints with us and then we aggregate that information and uh, and when we have enough information to take action upon that then then we'll pursue that
1: are there any other steps that people should take other than reporting it to you guys if they fact that they were the victims of some type of cyber scam?
2: Uh, certainly, they should report it to their local law enforcement as well. That They should probably reach out to local law enforcement first and foremost, uh, because it's oftentimes not going to be to the level that the FBI is going to be able to open up a a full investigation on but it may also relate to an investigation that we already have going and so uh, you could certainly report that on ic3.gov to uh, help to aggregate that and if if we have multiple reports from multiple people then we can uh, if if a case is not already open on that, we can join those together and begin an investigation, or it may even share additional information on a case that's already existing. But uh, again, it's really important to establish a relationship with law enforcement prior to having an incident. That way you have somebody you can reach out to directly. But if it's if it's just for the regular US citizen, just contact your local law enforcement and, uh, and they should be able to do help you from there. And we've got connections with local law enforcement. We, we have some task force officers on our cyber squad here in Detroit who we work with. And uh, we share resources and we work together on that.
1: Right, absolutely. And we always tell um, consumers as well, you know, if their uh, bank account or their credit card information was compromised to make sure that you notify your bank and also um, your credit bureaus as well. Um, You can never be too careful when it comes to your identity. Mm -hmm. So Ryan, thank you so much for being with us here today. You've given us so much useful information.
2: Yeah, no problem. My pleasure.
1: Cybersecurity is something that is ever-changing, so it is important to consistently stay up-to-date with tips on how to protect yourself. You can always visit BBB.org for the latest tips we have available.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Trust with BBB. Remember to visit BBB.org for all your business and consumer needs.
1: We're also on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can find us by searching BBBEMIUP. See you next time.